Welcome back to DevCast once again. And now with a colleague from the States, Gerardo Saka. Welcome, Gerardo. Hi, Dag. Thank Hi. You. Uh, I heard an internal talk with you about the monitoring application in Azure. I think this was a really good talk, and I really want to learn more things about how do you monitor things in Azure because I talk with many uh, customers and especially developers and they said of course we we should uh, uh, deploy in Azure it's no no problem but afterwards when they have deployed the application they start thinking how do I monitor the things how do I know it's working okay and so on that kind of things and I think that Gerard is the guy to answer that so I hope so <laughs> I, I feel honored that you give me that opportunity. Um, yeah, so uh, who I are you? Yeah, uh, I am one of the developers slash program managers inside of Microsoft inside of the customer services and support division. So even though I'm within Microsoft, I'm really just another consumer of Microsoft. We we consume a lot of the services. We're hosted in Azure. We have the same challenges other developers have. How do we operate? How do we monitor? Um, the only difference from other developers is that we have access to uh, the product teams that work on it. So oftentimes if we have a question, we can just walk over or email them and get quicker answers. But in the end, for us, it's still all about running our business, ensuring that uh, customer support users that leverage our service are happy with the service we provide and that it's up and running and performing correctly. So we have the same challenges around operations and monitoring that everyone else has. Great. So let's start. I, I was building a list here of uh, features or functions in Azure you can use for monitoring. And then we can maybe go through that and then discuss other topics also that are regarding monitoring, what you should monitor and how you should do it and, and so on. But uh, it was mainly, I think, four features in Azure or Microsoft features anyway that you can use for monitoring. The, the, the first thing is, of course, the portal uh, where you have the the different graphs and so on. The other thing that we are talking very much about is application insight. And there we have some uh, sibling or what you said that called operational insight. And then of course we have system center, the big product that all operations love and, and so on. Uh, so this is the four features I have found. What do you think about them? Should we take them once a time, one at a time? Yes, of course. Uh, which is the best to start with? Um, well, the answer is everything is that it depends um, the, the investment you want to make and what you want to get out of it. But to start with the simplest, so the lowest cost one is the Azure portal. So the Azure portal, whether it's the, the preview one or the, the, the older one, both of them have some basic monitoring functionality that you effectively get for free. So for SQL Azure, for example, it's just there. You don't need to do absolutely anything. You can just go into the monitoring tab for your database and see a few charts around your utilization. Um, you can also go add alerts there, which is nice. So if you just want something super basic, like a fail safe, to make sure you're not going over your memory limits or your CPU limits, basically your DTUs, um, you can very quickly just right now open the portal, go there, find the database that you're interested in, and set up an alert. You, um, you'll get emails around them, and you can in interact with them. Uh, the old portal doesn't have uh, access control, which means that only the people that have access to that production-level subscription can interact with it. So it's not very DevOps-friendly, but 
the Azure guys are aware of this, and obviously the the develop, DevOps movement is important in enabling your devs to do operations and monitor. So uh, role-based access control is coming, or is is already there actually in the new preview portal. So you can also do that same enabling of alerts and using those charts and have it open to all of the developers in the team. Uh, one great thing in the new portal, I think, is uh, that you can pin the charts to to the start page or the dashboard. Yes, that's actually pretty nice. So I myself have a customized dashboard where I look at our three environments, a production environment and two other non-production but equally important environments. And even though I might just go into the portal to do some unrelated thing, I get that quick exposure to see, oh, you know, this trend is going on, what's going on there. Um, although I really don't rely on that for our operations because we have the alerts. But it's still nice. You can get a quick peek around anything going on using those pin charts. But the only alerts that you can have in in the portal is email alerts. Or? Uh, there is email alerts, but then the, the portal itself, I haven't played around with it as much. Keep in mind, everything changes so fast nowadays. But I believe it did have, it does have a mini notification hub that shows when things are, when your alerts are activated. Okay, but you need to, to, to look at the screen anyway. You can't be yes. at home or on the road or something like that. Right. Mm. Um, so there are, but I haven't explored those myself. I believe there are some some solutions you can interconnect where you effectively get the email forwarded to some third-party tools that, that turn that into an SMS or a call. But that is not something that's inherently there in the Azure portal. That's something you'd need to set up. I talk with many customers that uh, are very interested in Azure web app. I, I need to say web app now, not the web site. Right. You know that. So, uh, and one thing that they always want is a, a kind of ping service. Yeah, um, and that's actually there. So the basic ping and even the web test, which is also very nice, are there in the Azure portal. Um, the, in the new portal, you actually need to create an application, and that starts to blend into the application insights conversation. So you go and create a new application insights instance, and it'll be empty. Um, and then it, it basically has three, or I like to think of it in three portions. One of it is the, the endpoint checking. And that you, you can set up without doing any changes to your application. All you need to do is go there and select which kind of web test you want. And it can be either, either a basic ping where all you do is give it a URL and the num which locations you want to ping it from. And it'll start pinging it every X period of time. And you decide that period. And then you can... Just like with the other stuff, you can build alerts off of it, get your charts and, and get emails when something goes wrong. It's very uh, interesting that you talk about web tests because web tests could be rather complicated. Yes, and there is – so in, in System Center, in SCOM, you could create all sorts of very crazy web tests. Um, for the Azure portal, there's, there's, they need to be simple – they need to be slightly simple. So they, they, they have a two-minute uh, timeout window. So in, in our case, we had originally web tests that would even do data submissions. So they would go talk to our service, get some data prepped up, submit it, wait for it to get processed. Those tests we could not move into App Insights, 
but most of our other web tests, the ones where we just log in, go access data, make sure that customers can do basic operations, all those are there as web tests in App Insights. We get nice charts for them, we get alerts, and we can actually verify that they're all working correctly across different regions. By web tests, do you mean the tests that you run, uh, that you create in Visual Studio Ultimate? Yes. Okay, because you said SCAM. Can they also create web tests? No, so the same web test that you create in Visual Studio, you can ah. actually run it from. System ah, okay, Center. run it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So um, we have this uh, basic um, b- basic monitoring support in, in the portal, but uh, as developer anyway, we talk, uh, soon very very soon start talking about application insight, and that's for for some of us some of us is like google analytics on for .net or something like that is it so a... when when i talked about app insights being broken out into multiple pieces that's one of the others so it also provides client side usage telemetry and that one has a minor so every piece of app insights is either no setup cost like the web tests from the application side or minor setup costs. So if you want to get telemetry around usage like Google Analytics does, all you need to do is once again, go create your app insights in the portal. And then they'll give you an instrumentation key and a JavaScript blurb that you can just paste into your, you know, layout page and it'll automatically get included and start sending back to app insights data on your usage, which URLs are, are accessed, by which browsers, which geographies, all that kind of stuff. So that's the usage piece of it from the client side. Um, and again, it's very simple to do. You just need to go get that blurb and, and JavaScript blurb and get it into your page. And you get all you start getting all that nice charting and all that. Uh, and, and with that, you can also leverage App Insights has the, the most advanced and, and elaborate charting in, within the whole new Azure portal. So you can get a lot of, you know, ability to do stack charts and do custom time ranges and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty nice when you're actually wanting to go to more advanced monitoring scenarios. But how about the server side? We have done the Deep Dive Application Insight podcast before, so we shouldn't dwell in it too much. But one thing is for me that when I when I talk about LR, thinking about Application Insights and the question I want to ask you is, are you using it as an operation, as a monitoring, or, or is it more developer feature when you're developing? And uh, do you think, uh, or do you know the cost to have you know, application insights in the application? So right now we are using it. We're still using the VSO, the Visual Studio Online version, not the one in the new preview portal. And you use it are... in production environments, I'll say. Yes. Mm. Yes, it's it's essential to our day-to-day operations. Actually, um, application insights help, helps us understand. So we start with a web test. The web test actually alerts us when something is off, and then we go leverage the server-side telemetry to give us all the list of exceptions that have happened, what requests have taken too long, and then we can go deep dive on those, look at stacks, and understand oh, we, we actually have this operation that does not play well with the server or took a long time for this specific customer. We can look at the data for that customer and understand what triggered this nasty execution that actually caused side effects on the rest of the application. And it's, a, it's no big cost in performance to implement application insights in a production environment, though. 
No, we haven't seen it. Our application is not, you know, a financial transact heavy transaction system by any means. But for our service, which is effectively one where customers log in, look at data, do some annotations and stuff like that, it's it's not not a uh, big performance hit or any big overhead whatsoever for us. Uh, I have uh, this question saved to later, but I need to ask uh, uh, ask uh, anyway right now. And uh, the thing is, application is like you can create your own events. And the question is, what kind of event should you create? How what should you monitor? Well, this is. Um... This ties into what things are you interested in when you're either measuring the usage or the health of your service. So in our particular case, we start out with just the basics, like anything that was an error would get an error event. But then very quickly we realized that this was just, you know, a lot of noise. So we actually started factoring out specific events that we were interested in, like when did we have an error loading certain specific type of data to show to a customer or when did a customer try to log in and fail and even then when we created login event a login failed event we realized we were still getting too much of those so we broke that out into the different reasons we could find where login would happen so we have different sources of login failures each one gets its own event and we have the last resort you know unknown and now we get more insights and realize, you know, we have a common auth problem that's a usability problem in reality. So we went and fixed that, and now that logging event is not, not happening as much anymore. Is it any problem that you log too much, too much events? There's two sides to it. One is App Insights does throttle you. I don't remember the number. It's a pretty high number. Um, so we haven't really run into that. If, if, if anything, the biggest concern in my experience is that you just – create too much noise. Uh, if you go crazy on logging without prop without properly knowing what you're looking for or how to search on it, and that's where App Insights helps a little and even Op Insights, and I guess we'll talk about that in a bit. But you'll end up with just a sea of events that you just won't know what is going on. We've been through that scenario where we went too crazy on on tracing and eventing and we just had too much stuff going on. So we would get you know, around 1,200 events a day, error events, not just events. And it was just useless. We couldn't act on it. So really bringing, finding that sweet spot about how much do you really care about? How much are you actually going to act upon? And setting yourself that true north direction where I commit myself so that when for this event, I have a process that I'm going to act upon. Otherwise, you're just going to start ignoring them and then there's no point to having them. The brother or the sister, what you said, operational insight, it's, it sounds a bit uh, familiar, as, it sounds a bit uh, as, as the same as application insights. What, what's the difference between operational insight and application insight? And do you yeah. use it? We are starting to use operational insight. So application insights, as the name says, is, is very... Uh, the the way they're positioning it is more for from the developer perspective. So that's where you go add your own events, you go set up usage telemetry, you can go perform web tests. All these things are more from the perspective of the user and the application. Operational insights originally is tailored more for from the operational side, like all the events, performance counters, all those other things. Now, both like 
even performance counters can also exist, exist in App Insights, but it's more of a where do you come in, the perspective. So in App Insights, you come in from a specific application use case and look into that, whereas in the Op Insights case, you're looking at it more specific. So Op Insights is more of this, or currently is more of this repository for all that telemetry, and it has very good search capabilities. So the way we are using it is we pipe our data to both Application Insights and Op Insights. First, we use the alerting from App Insights and the charts to understand, you know, out of our entire sea of events, what is going on? Is there something that needs attention? And once we realize there's something that needs attention, we then turn to Op Insights' awesome search functionality to go look at the details around it. So we then give it a time frame and say we're looking for this specific event, for this specific customer or user or whatever worker instance, and it'll bring back all the hits and then we can go look at all the details around them. Whereas doing that in App Insights is a little bit more complicated. Okay, so one of your takeaways is uh, to use both if you want to have really good uh, uh, monitoring and search support in, in the events and so on. Yes, and I think that's uh, our experience um, generally in Azure has been to try things as they come out. Um, so we've also been pioneering a little bit of stream analytics, and, and it's not to evangelize stream analytics itself, but the point is Azure is always coming up with new things. They're working on this consolidated vision, which is also driven by, by teams like us that provide insights into where are the gaps and how do all these things play together. But the gist of it is anytime something new comes up, if there's a low barrier to entry to it, we, we try it. Um, so long as it's not disruptive to the production system, which it's it so far hasn't been because everything is kind of like an external thing um, that you actually don't implement in your system itself, then we go try it out and see what we can get. And then as, as use cases come up, we start realizing the value of things. So the way we started using Op Insights was we just decided let's put our data in Op Insights. And then eventually when we had a service blip that we had to look at, we realized, oh, maybe Op Insights will give us some help here. And look and behold, it had it there. So we could just search on it. Great. Uh, We need to talk about System Center because that's a a rather old product, but it can also be used not only on-premise, it could be used also in Azure. How how do you fit uh, System Center in in Azure? Um, so System Center, System Center Operations Manager in particular is the one we've used. Um, we tried it. We were very afraid of it because it's just you know it, it's com- those that know it. I guess understand. There's a saying like you love it and hate it. Um, it's very very powerful, but it's very very hard to ramp up on and very hard to use, maintain expensive just from pure cost standpoint besides the manpower function um so and scom has some basic management packs for azure web roles worker roles for there there isn't an official one for service bus but i believe there's an unofficial one and there's also one for sql azure an official one for sql azure so you can get those running um, but there is limited support for those System Center Operations Manager, if you have people already that know it really well and they're very comfortable with it, then extending the the management packs that are out there or creating your own once you're proficient with PowerShell and um, managing Azure via PowerShell, it's very, very powerful. Again, you can do lots of things. You can leverage System Center's powerful charting engines and then lay lay on top of it squared up, which is a third-party tool that gives you a nice UI. 
and then you can effectively do a lot of things with it. But if you are a developer that has never really dealt with System Center Operations Manager, the ramp up is, at least in our experience, was ridiculously high. Um, and with all the cool stuff that's coming out in App Insights and Op Insights, it's it wasn't worth it for us because of the constant ramp up and maintenance. Great. Uh, another option is, of course, to to uh, to use other external tools or build your own tools. What do you think about that? I mean, the the and this is the theme that we've come across is whatever works for you is the best answer. Um, we, in our experience, uh, App Insights seems to be, and App Insights seem to be closer aligned to where we're going. But if you already have a lot of experience in System Center or other products, then th those can help. Now, the big play, the big benefit of sticking to the Microsoft mantra is that with, I mean, the way things are going, all the teams are talking and they're building this consolidated vision. So even though you might have a third-party product right now that helps a lot, eventually it might fall out of sync or start playing catch-up as new things come up, like Azure Websites or with Service Bus, Azure Machine Learning, whereas all the other things within the portal, all the teams are talking together and making this play together, better together. So there are there's a lot of conversations around connecting more of the pieces where App Insights and App Insights talk, or those two talk to machine learning, they talk to service bus. So that's all the beautiful stuff that you get for free as that vision comes to a reality. Whereas if you use third party, you might not you might get a lot of strengths on certain things, but that interconnectedness won't happen there. How about third-party and running Linux distributions? Uh, do our tools work also to monitoring Linux? Um, I so the, from what I've seen, though I, I'm not by any means experienced on this. App Insights so far, and App Insights does not have this yet. But App Insights has an open API where you create your App Insights instance, and you can still send whatever data you want however you want it. So it's not as easy as it is with web roles or Azure websites or even Windows PCs where you just run this client that automatically collects everything and sends it. You actually would need to write a, a, an app that decides what it wants to collect and manually sends it to the API. So you can still get a lot of value there, but it's not as extensive as it, it is for the in-house Azure offerings like web roles and uh, website. So, so probably if, uh, uh, it exists some third-party tools that can be used to monitor Linux machines? I would hope so, <laughs> but I'm not sure about that. Uh, yeah, I really hope so too. Uh, okay, thank you. Now we have to talk about more about the feature and function. I want to, to, to pick your mind more about best practices and so on uh, around monitoring. We, we have talked a bit about uh, what kind of things you should monitor and maybe we have uh, talked enough about that. But um, one thing is uh, what should we use our monitoring, uh, monitoring tool? Uh, the, the most uh, obvious is to use it for errors that you have some that your application has crashed and you need to fix it. But uh, other things that you can use the monitoring too. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and this is, I, I keep saying this everywhere I go, the lines are blurring, at least in our case, they've been blurring a lot. Not only DevOps, but just the whole software engineering, lines are blurring. Um, and so operations, development, and even 
product design are all intertwined. So in our in our world, there's just telemetry data and insights. So out of that data, whether it's usage data or operational telemetry, you gather insights to realize, is my service operating correctly? So there's monitoring, or are we building the right things? So this, likewise, the same kind of events that we have also are used to tell us and inform feature decisions. So instead of, you know, and this, this ties into the whole lean startup concept, the, the build, measure, learn mantra. So we use this same kind of operations data to drive those conversations. We, we ship a smaller piece of a feature and then use that telemetry data together with other usage data to gauge, is this being useful? Is this performing correctly? Where do we go from here? And if it turns out it's been a huge success, but it's just a lot of errors here and there, we go invest more in hardening it or making it faster. Or maybe it's not as much usage, then we try a different implementation or approach to the design and see if that makes any difference. So besides the operation side of it, it's just knowing and understanding, are we building the right things and are we building them right? And that's where operations data or telemetry also feeds in and is really important to drive those conversations. Uh, is it, uh, should you, uh, do you use a similar feature as in Azure websites or Azure web apps that called the testing production? Yes, uh, we have. Uh, so one of the challenges we face with Azure is that there's oftentimes we, we need stuff that's not there. So we start, you know, investing on building it or getting it set up, and then turns out Azure has it. <laughs> um, so we actually had in in web roles because we don't use Azure websites yet. We're in the process of moving towards them, but we actually have what we call a V environment for A/B testing. So we have our complete set of web roles in one cloud service, and then we have the the same or quote unquote the same code in a in a separate one and we use traffic manager to route traffic between one and the other um and that's how we do testing in production now one of the big drivers for us to moving to azure websites or sorry web apps is that um that we get that for free so we're in the business of serving our customers and doing that the easiest and simplest way so as much as azure can give us without us having to actually maintain or build code the better so we want to get rid of, of that extra setup and we even have some routing code in our web app. And if we can get rid of that and, and move to Azure websites or web apps and have it do that automatically for us, that would be a huge win. Mm. Uh, another thing uh, we have talked about how is to analyze the, the things because you have, you have talked several times now about you, you have many events. You need to, to do something with it. You need to analyze it in a good way. Do you have any best practices or learnings that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, uh, so w this is where we've been experimenting with stream analytics um, stream analytics gives you the, the power to do aggregate custom aggregations. So in our case, I mean, you need to know what you want, at least at this point in time, we're looking at machine learning to tell us, to let us know about things we didn't even know that we were interested in, but that's a separate conversation. Um, for stream analytics, we go and ask questions that do aggregate data and do more mathematical operations on them. So when was there a variance? When, what is the maximum across a time window and average? And then start charting that and seeing um, trends effectively. So even though we love details and that's the nature at least of our dev 
our, our developer mantra. Um, in reality, when, when you have such a high scale environment, it just becomes too much. So aggregating it and doing some trending, some basic math on it, so you can see where is it, where should I even focus my attention on, that that's kind of the, the big learning for us. Not looking at the individuals, but looking at the overall trends. What kind of tools do you use for that? Is it uh, just a web tool, or do you use Excel or Power BI or something like that? Um, we use so we have a combination of uh, so Stream Analytics does the aggregation and querying for us, and then for visualization, we use a combination of Excel and Power BI. We also been using R. So we've been playing around, and I'm not the expert on this one. We have other people on our team, but uh, we use what's called the Shiny web app, which effectively, and it's a Linux-based Linux based VM that hosts our equations and our, our uh, scripts. So in reality, we use Stream Analytics to massage the data and get it in a way that then we have our equations running off of them and giving us more advanced charts, box plots, distribution charts, and that can help us understand at a higher level, how are things performing or what is the distribution of load time of a specific page or stuff like that? Just to be sure about stream analytics, you can't plug it in uh, in the application insight uh, feed. It's just another feed that you use. Yes. and mm. But the, the answer here, as I, as I kind of alluded to before, is not at this point. Um, there is the broader vision and, and it's, materializing as we go where more things are going to talk to each other so right now stream analytics does not communicate with app insights or app insights or machine learning but that is something that could potentially come up in the near future great we have talked about uh, we have talked for uh, for almost 30 minutes i think and that's really great gerardo do you have some uh, best practices or something like it, some tough learnings that you can share with us uh, here as a last word? Um, just trying to think. So, I mean, the oper operations is something that's extremely important. One of the things that it, it the DevOps mantra, I mean, it is a buzzword, but it, it holds a lot of truth to it. I would encourage everyone in the development space to really start getting involved with that and understanding that your work does not stop at the check-in, but it you actually seeing how it's used, seeing how it performs out there is really important. Getting familiar with all these tools out there, App Insights, App Insights, Stream Analytics, is your gateway into that, into producing better insights around how your work, your feature, impacts users and how it actually performs out there. And that was the big takeaway, I think, that you said now. Uh, it doesn't stop with the check-in. Thank you very much, Gerardo. Thank you, Dag. I appreciate you talking to me.